0: What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime on a very special Thursday. Welcome, everyone, into the show. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com Dallas. And check out the articles that we have up there every single day. Man, I'm excited because as we speak right now, we've got the Hall of Fame game going on. Is it boring? Yes, sir. Just like we kind of like foreshadowed last night here on primetime. But still, it is football. We're watching Zach Wilson play football, which seems a little bit odd in 2023. He dropped a bomb, which seems even a little bit we're there, but that's the way the NFL goes, and we love it. Even if the game is somewhat boring, it's a good way to get into football back again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome everyone into the show. Hope that you guys are doing okay. Let me say hi pretty quickly in the chat. We've got uh, Gregory, Toxic, Bruce, John over at YouTube. Thank you for being here. Guru, reminding people to hit the like button. And yes, please take half a second to smash that thumbs up. Remember that it helps put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans, and some Facebook uh, uh, comments as well. Katharina, welcome into the show. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Let's talk about the Cowboys fan. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Toxic says, Mo, I bet that you have a lovely singing voice. That is a good place to start. From 1 to 10, how would you rate DeMarcus Ware singing the national anthem just a few moments ago to start the preseason off or the Hall of Fame game off, however you want to look at it? Obviously, a special night for him. DeMarcus Ware is going to be one of two Dallas Cowboys, or three if you want to count Zach Thomas, of course. But one of two Cowboys franchise players that are going into the Hall of Fame on Saturday, Him and Chuck Hawley. And Demarcus Ware sang the national anthem because it's it was his way of honoring the late wide receiver, Demarius Thomas. Obviously, they were teammates over with the Denver Broncos. Uh, some of you might know that the Marcus Ware has done some singing uh before. Like it's not his first time singing. He has actually put out like music productions and that was his way. He he said in a recent interview that is going to be my way of being together with him one more time. So I'm pretty sure that's why he was also pretty emotional during the moment. Uh, I think it was cool to see that, and of course he showed up. Th- those he showed off uh, those pipes, and he had some fun with it. I I bet even if it was emotional for him. Let's see here. Mark Aaron goes with a four. Lance Bell goes with a four. Uh you're not going to give him a good grade? Come on, man. I'm glad that Ware is a Hall of Fame football player. <laughs> I'm going to give him a 10. I don't care. I don't care, man. Eight for Katharina. That's what I'm talking about. Let's give our man uh, DeMarcus Ware some love, man. He He deserves it. He deserves us being biased with this particular question. But anyways, the Hall of Fame game is going on, as you guys know. And there was a very interesting question made to Mike McCarthy earlier today, this Thursday, as the Cowboys were getting ready to enter their third padded practice of the year. And McCarthy was asked about Stefan Gilmore being a potential Hall of Famer in the future. And recently, when DeMarcus Ware was announced as a Hall of Famer for, for this year's class, I remember that we had a conversation about who could be next, right, for Dallas? And we named several candidates. To me, Zach Martin is an absolute luck to go into the Hall of Fame. Six-time All-Pro, the best offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman at least since the moment that he got into the NFL. Uh, you know, all of these fits that he has been able to, to pull off. Tyron Smith, even though his late career has been a little bit up and down because of injuries, I think that Tyron Smith belongs in the Hall of Fame. We were also, we were also mentioning obviously guys like on uh, already retired guys, excuse me, but talking about those active players, those are the top two that come to mind. And yes, it is insanely early, but Micah Parsons is on track. Like whatever he could have done in those first two years to make a case, he did. So as long as he keeps on that same track. And obviously, it won't be all a constant of what we have seen so far, I think. Uh, <laughs> at this point, I'm not putting anything past him. But uh, Michael Parsons, I think, could be another player that you could throw in there, maybe, potentially. Uh, perhaps the only other one, and let me know if I'm forgetting somebody. Perhaps the only other one is Stefan Gilmore. And that's cheating a little bit because Stefan Gilmore hasn't been a cowboy for his career He's going to be one in 2023, but his career hasn't been with the Cowboys. But still, McCarthy was asked about this and he had a pretty cool answer and an answer that really reflects just how much the Cowboys like him at this point. McCarthy said, and I quote, Hall of Fame resume, no doubt. You have the opportunity to compete against these excellent veteran players across the field. And then once you have a chance to work with him, I mean, he's been everything that we thought he would be, and then some. And then he also added he's super instinctive and his understanding of splits, formations, route combinations. I mean, top notch is what Mike McCarthy had to say about Stefan Gilmore. Let me know in the chat, though. Do you agree or disagree? I'm going to find the correct graphic here. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to find, there you go. This is the correct graphic. Do you agree or disagree that Stefan Gilmore is a future Hall of Famer? Let me know in the chat. Now, as I said, he wasn't a cowboy. He wasn't a cowboy a while back. So let's look at his resume. I prepared it for you guys. He is a two-time All-Pro cornerback, which seems low. But I also think it is a position that is difficult to win the All-Pro honors consistently so even having back-to-back all pro seasons seems pretty relevant even more so with five pro bowl years where you know you're not being necessarily the best but you are being like elite in the NFL and then I will just say this he has a defensive player of the year award which is the only cornerback to win it since 1994 so imagine that he won it in 2019 when he picked up 6 passes and led the league with 20 pass deflections which is also insane and 6 of those interceptions resulted in touchdowns by the way. He won the defensive player of the year award that year. The last time that a cornerback had done that was in 1994. And he was just this top tier defender like uh with these kind of stats is very difficult to really visualize just how dominant Stefan Gilmore was, because he was a shot down type player, kind of like the real reviews in my opinion, that is going into the hall on Saturday as well. He was a part of, of a Super Bowl winning team, and he had an interception even in that year. He was a big part of why they were able to stop uh, the Rams that they, the way that they did in that particular game. You remember that low scoring affair between Rams and Patriots? I would I would say that I agree. I would think that at some point Gilmore is gonna go into Canton. I'm not sure, to be fair, if he is worthy of a first ballot induction. Right now, to that I would say no. I don't see him as a first ballot type player. But I do think Gilmore ends up in Canton if all pro nominations or uh, you know all pro awards or honors. Is the way that you would judge which cornerback goes into the Hall of Fame? I'm pretty sure you wouldn't get many of them. Like, think about the most dominant cornerbacks uh, recently. And I kind of think of Jalen Ramsey, right? And I'm going to open up his uh, pro football reference here really quickly. Jalen Ramsey has three old pro seasons. Let me look at Darrell Reeves real quickly. And obviously, it's not the same. But he played from 2007 to 2017. He had four all pro nominations, uh, old, four all pro seasons, excuse me, not nominations, all pro, you know, first team honors. I mean, I get why it could be a little bit controversial, but I do think that he has that Hall of Fame resume at some point. Uh, let me know in the chat, though. What do you think? I want to see some of your answers here. Gilmore is a Hall of Famer versus Lance. Guru says, I would say no to Gilmore right now. Guru says, will Tony Romo or Des someday make it into the Hall of Fame? I'm going to say no to Des, and then I'm going to say I'm leaning no towards Romo. But I could see Romo kind of like being in this position with the media stuff and everything and that helping out. Uh, Gregory says that he agrees. Mark Aaron says that he doesn't know because he hasn't uh, seen him play enough, which is fair. Catherine says, agree. Uh, Sean says, the only way to tell is for him to play a season. In the NFC beast. I like that. I like that mentality from Sean right there in the YouTube chat. Uh, Let's see here. He only has a few truly elite seasons. He's in the hall of very good, in my opinion, right now. Says Toxic Tom. Well, here's the good news, ladies and gentlemen. This is all a fun conversation. Let's call it a theme-appropriate conversation for the night while the Jets and the Browns battle it out on on the field of Canton, Ohio. However, the Cowboys do not need him, fortunately, to be a Hall of Fame type player. They just need him to be, say, a dominant starter for 2023, playing in what's one of the best secondaries in football right now. Because I truly believe that. I think that the Cowboys have one of the best secondaries in the entire NFL. And it seems like everyone is in love with what Stephon Gilmer is showing them right now. We just saw what Mike McCarthy had to say about him. Trayvon Diggs has praised him a lot too. Not only from a player's perspective, but from a teammate's leadership perspective as well. And it seems like Gilmer, just like Brandon Cooks, has really entered this scenario with a very open mind. He's not out there trying to keep his secrets. He's out there trying to share them with Trayvon Diggs. And he's taking him under his wing too for like what's ahead. And this is after an all-pro season from Trayvon Diggs. This is after a $97 million deal for Trayvon Diggs. So it's still pretty cool to see Stefan Gilmore kind of like walk into things and be open to help out this way and really be bought in into what the Cowboys want to do. Uh, so if you want, to, <laughs> Sean makes a good point. He says, so if you want him to be a dominant defensive player and one of the best defenses in the NFL, he's basically got to play like a hall of fame player. I would argue the opposite. Like I would argue that if you are playing on a secondary in which, I mean, Trevon Dix might be out there shadowing the best guy, right? I would, I would argue that it's somewhat easier. If I want if I wanted him to be dominant in a pure secondary, I think that's a higher ask than doing so with a strong supporting cast, not only in the secondary, but also with perhaps the most dominant pass rush in the NFL or a top three pass rush in the NFL. Maybe I didn't explain myself the right way, but I'm glad that Sean said that just to kind of like make that even more clear from my part. Because uh, that's what I mean, like, Gilmore is not going to walk in here having to be the alpha in the secondary like he was maybe with the Indianapolis Colts last year. He's going to come in here and maybe he's not even going to be shadowing the opponent's number one guy because that might be Trevon Diggs because we, we already saw Trevon do that last year. Really, really excited about seeing how the Cowboys go about that, by the way. So I do think that the whole shadow conversation is a little bit overrated at times because the Cowboys are going to play a lot of quarters. They started doing that in 2022 at a much higher rate than they had done it in in 2021. They're going to be doing more zone coverage than they did in year one of Dan Queen. Year two, they showed that bump in zone coverage and that kind of stuff. So I am betting on... The Cowboys not having to rely on one of their guys shadowing the top guy. But I still think that if they want to do that, it's probably going to be Trevon Diggs over Stefan Gilmore. That's what I would be expecting. Uh, that's why you pay somebody $97 million uh, on, on a big time contract, right? I don't know if you guys can listen to my dog going absolutely nuts in the background. Hope that you don't uh are not listening to that but if so he says hi (laughs) anyways ladies and gentlemen Gregory says this defense is going to be badass and I agree man Ronnie Lott was a hitter too I like that the chat is having this conversation about some of the legendary players and I approve Ronnie Lott was uh has to be one of the greatest do you think that Sam Williams as Alexander is gonna make a decent jump or a huge jump this season? I'm gonna go with huge. I'm gonna go with huge for that one, Alexander. Not even because of Williams and Williams alone, but rather because of the situation that he's gonna be in. Think about this: many reps when Sam Williams takes the field, he's gonna be doing so while maybe even Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence are sharing one of the sides of the defensive line because we've seen that formation countless times again, right? Like that combination of having Lawrence inside and Parsons on the edge, and then they have even more defensive ends to the other side, kind of like with a NASCAR front almost, or or sometimes it is a NASCAR front, which means four defensive ends out there. So I think that Williams is going to have a a lot of one-on-ones. You remember that breakout season kind of from Randy Gregory when he was facing a lot of one-on-ones? Something like that is what I would be expecting from Williams. So, yes, I do think that. I do think that he will have a huge jump, and it will most likely be because I think he will be playing more. Last year, he had fewer snaps than the Armstrong did than Dante Fowler did. I expect that to change a little bit in 2023, especially with Armstrong losing time. Uh, In training camp, I would expect Sam Williams. I mean, Sam Williams is also missing some time, right? But you know what I mean. I think he's going to make that jump in snap counts. And that will be enough to... Somebody just signed a huge deal. Not huge, but that will be enough to really boost his numbers. Um, So just to not give you... Not to leave you with doubt... Uh, But Adam Schefter just reported that Yannick Nguak is signing a one-year deal, $10.5 million, with the Chicago Bears. Love that signing by Chicago. I absolutely love it. Because they have a bad defense. Like, bad, bad defense. uh, Justin Fields is exciting and everything. But that team might be bottom of the NFC North again because of the team. And even Justin Fields, like, I, I still have some questions about him, obviously. I think we all should. Anyways, let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, Paul, the number one fan of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, is in the chat. Welcome into the show, Paul. Thank you for the engagement. I appreciate you, sir. Toxic says Islam Williams is now Slink Williams with his injury. Lance is Masi Hankinson Bohana in the middle is crazy. We saw that combination today. Uh, there were several clips of that because the Cowboys kind of went with a run heavy approach in training camp, according to those who were in there. Uh, I think that the number was like Prescott had attempted like 40 passes in the previous practice, and then he was down to 20 on this one. And there was this defensive look that had Massey Smith, Jonathan Hankins, and and um, Quinton Bohana. And yes, that was like the jumbo jumbo package uh your boy's Nick's. you you uh he he was I don't remember who was the other guy there were there were two cowboys twitter guys um that were wanting to give them a nickname, and I loved what your guy Nicks had, which was Arby's package, like we have the meats, right, kind of like what the panthers did last year that was that package for sure, but anyways. Let's move on a little bit here in the show and let's get right into what Mike McCarthy said about Mr. Michael Parsons hitting Dak Prescott a couple of practices ago. A couple of days ago on Tuesday was when he hit Dak Prescott as he went down. McCarthy said that he was the number one violator of the rules in training camp and the rules being the practice ethic rules, which kind of state what the pass rushing lanes should be, what he should do regarding the hits for the quarterback and everything. But anyways, this is the quote from Mike McCarthy. He said, we have practice ethic rules structured to our drills, and you go through these spots all of the time. We don't hit the quarterback, and that quarterback hasn't been hit as far as the way you practice in the 30 years that I've been in this league. Pretty reasonable statement from Mike McCarthy. But I'm not sure that I can expect it to change at all. Like Parsons is a guy that can go at 100 miles per hour. He can put the offensive tackle in the ground. He can do a reverse pancake on the offensive tackle. Then he can bring down the quarterback, strip down the football, Take the football, carry it into the end zone, and he will probably walk back to the sidelines and be like, I need to be better next play. That's that's Micah Parsons mentality in a nutshell. So I don't think I don't think that McCarthy is expecting even Michael Parsons to slow down. But it really goes to show you that this training camp has been different. Like we know how good Micah Parsons is. We know that he's been a back-to-back all-pro. We know that he has received defensive player of the year votes in each of his years in the NFL. But I'm not sure that we had seen him dominate in training camp this way. This way, Like, he's destroying Tyron Smith on a consistent basis. And I don't think that... I mean, I know that Tyron Smith is not the same guy as he was in his prime, but I don't think... We should even be concerned about Tyron. I think it's just literally the level that Micah Parsons is showing, just blowing up every single play in practice. It's pretty crazy. And I love that Mike McCarthy had to talk about it because I'm guessing that it won't stop. It won't stop. Now, to be fair, it's also a think of circumstance. like Micah was not out there trying to hit Dak Prescott with ill will or anything like that. He tries to stop himself in that clip. And I think we still have it actually. Yeah, let's 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 watch it again for those of you who maybe don't know the context. Volume alert, we're about to play the clip. But basically what you will see is Micah pulling an inside move on. I think, yeah, it's Tyron in that play. Is it Tyron? Uh, let's make sure if it's Tyron. I think it is. It might be Chuma though. We're about to find out when we watch the clip. But he pulls the inside move. And then he just he's just going so fast that he kind of trips. And he tries to stop himself, but it's too late. So let's watch the clip. Here we go. One, two, three. Volume alert. Here we go. Yeah, it was Chuma. It was Chuma indeed in that play. Uh, however, he's beating Tyron Smith in a lot of reps. There was one where Tyron is just trying to hold Micah because he destroys him, basically. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Before we move on into everyone's favorite topic, the trash talk. <laughs> uh, Micah then hit Mike when he told him this. <laughs> is toxic, dumb. Uh, Micah Parsons goes 1,000% every play, says Lance. Gregory says uh, Mike wants the offense to be able to practice, and Micah is blowing everything up. It does feel like that. It does feel like that. Yep. Mark Aaron says, Micah wants to sing the national anthem before a game now. Tyron is old, says John. Cheryl says, Micah in beast mode. Incredible. He really is. Like, we are seeing such a crazy training camp from Micah. And yes, you don't ever want to take anything away so early in training camp. But it does feel like he might be about to level up. Gabriel says Parsons for Defensive Player of the Year. Shout out to Gabriel Vasquez. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, What's up, Tommy? Thank you for joining to welcome everyone into the show. If you are just joining us, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And you help me with the algorithm and all of that. So go ahead and do that. If you haven't, smash the like button. Takes about half a second and you helped me out big time. Anyways, it is time. It is time for everyone's favorite topic. The trash talk between Dak Prescott and Trayvon Vicks. I had never seen this become such a big topic in training camp. Not that long ago, we talked about how training camp is back, we're excited, I want to see players out there fighting. And then the moment that they did, and they didn't even fight even. Like, it was just some words exchange. Uh, Trevon Diggs, you already know, tells Dak Prescott to shut up with a little bit of, you know, sprinkles between those words. And people took it and ran with it. Leshawn McCoy was out there in Fox Sports saying that he would have never done that, he would have never said that to one of the best quarterbacks in the league, never in his life would he have said that to Drew Brees, to other uh, big-time QBs that he played with in his career. Dan Orlovsky was in the Pat McAfee show saying, man, I am concerned with what people are saying in Dallas. (laughs) who? Because every reporter out there was like, yep, that was absolutely nothing. There was not a single one bit writer or reporter out there in Oxnard, California, saying anything about the situation. They were just kind of like making fun at people who were making it out to be a big deal. These players are competing at levels that we cannot comprehend. And Of course, there's going to be some trash talk. Heck, not even that long ago, we were showing a clip where Dak Prescott was kind of taunting in front of Marquise Bell, signaling for the first down. Dak himself starts many of these trash talk situations himself. Bruce says, where is the coverage for Josh Allen fighting his teammates and Travis Kelsey punching two dudes? Yeah, I actually... Used that in an article today on ADC Sports. Like, I was like, hey, do you guys remember when Josh Allen was not talking to his teammates, but swinging at them? <laughs> that is different. That is much different. And sure, we talked about it when it happened last year, but we didn't talk about it like, oh, Josh Allen and the Bills are in trouble. Josh Allen is losing his team. It was never. That sort of conversation. So it's so freaking dumb that we are talking about it so much. Yet Dak Prescott and Trayvon Diggs convinced me to add it to tonight's rundown because they talked about it, and I kind of, I, I kind of like you know bringing it up. What the responses were? Dak Prescott says, "Yeah, it was very." And this is uh, from a Fox Four interview, by the way. Yeah, very healthy banter between two teammates. I'm just glad the things that I always say maybe weren't on social media for the people that don't understand that to take it the wrong way. First and foremost, that's an epic quote. And then second of all, in the media availability session that he had today, he was asked, what's your favorite thing about Cowboys training camp? And Dak Prescott says, the trash talk. (laughs) I thought... At that point, man, Prescott was just playing chess. He was messing with the media at that point. And you got to love every second of it. Uh, there was this also uh, tweet from R.J. E. Choa with what he had to say earlier on the radio. And he basically said, I know that at this point that every everything that I say will be turned into a headline. And I couldn't help myself, but... Throw this out on Twitter. When you've been the quarterback of this team for eight years, you understand everything you say is going to be a headline. This is from the latest edition of the McCoy Chronicle, which publishes over at Orlopskville. I couldn't help myself but make that meme on Twitter really quickly. But yeah, he said that. And then Trayvon Diggs, though. Trayvon Diggs was out there saying, stay out of of our business. People don't need to worry about what we got going on our relationship, my relationship with my brother. Dak is the leader of our team, and he is going to go out there and have a great year. I have the utmost utmost respect for Dak. All of this to the surprise of absolutely nobody other than those who are saying it on TV, but probably not even believing it. Like, I don't think the LeSean McCoy is out there saying all of that stuff about Dak and the Cowboys while believing it. He's just, you know, doing his thing at Speak, uh, at that show which is all about hot takes and debate and getting those views, not even on TV, but on social media. That's what I think it's all about. And I don't think even them believe that kind of stuff. And the same goes for all of the Dak Prescott is worse than, I don't know, Brock Purdy type takes. That kind of stuff is so ridiculous. Anyways, Tommy says, I am glad that Dak played along. Man, I love it. I loved it when Dak said that um, it was his favorite thing about training camp. I, I enjoyed that so much. Toxic says, but Mo, how does Dig trash talk to Dak affect LeBron's legacy? <laughs> Dak is trying to make Diggs not think about hisuto. This is Mark Aaron. Just being the absolute leader, I agree with Mark right there. Dak said, that's the first play you've made all day. Then Trevon cussed back at him. I actually did not know that. I didn't know that that was what Dak Prescott had said. But it makes so so much sense. That's that's the first plays you've made all day. And then a few reps later, a few days later was when a few plays later, excuse me, was when Trevon Dix actually got that amazing PBU on Kevontae Turpin. So it's all in good health. People are crazy attacking the Cowboys for what was said and, you know, that whole exchange. I have ne- I have never seen something like this take this kind of a life of its own. It's pretty crazy. But hey, that's just the way hot take shows go these days. I was pretty surprised by Dan Orlovsky. Like, I know that Cowboys fans have a, an ongoing beef with Orlovsky because he's always out there seemingly trying to sneak a jab or two against Dak Prescott. And I kind of get that. But I also think, like, that's also part of his role over at ESPN. But the thing the, the thing that weirded me out a little bit was that Orlovsky said this on the Pat McAfee show, didn't he? So the way that I always look at Dan Olavsky is he's a fantastic analyst when he is out there breaking down the X's and O's. When he's doing that, man, he does just such an insightful, cool job. But then he has that kind of like hot take approach to some things, which would make me think, oh, that's part of what ESPN will have him do. But then this thing over oh, at the Pat McAfee show makes me kind of like question everything that I thought about it in the first place. So yeah, it's a business model and it works, it's toxic. And yeah, I agree, but also like, why do it on the Pat McAfee show when it's not even your show? I don't know, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I would have thought that Orlowski could be more genuine as a guest on the Pat McAfee show than he would be if he was tasked to talk about this topic specifically over at ESPN. That's pretty much where where I was at. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this week flew by really quickly, in my opinion. Pretty surprised that it is Thursday and that it is the last show of the week before we see each other again on Sunday. But I hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much. For tuning in tonight and for tuning in throughout the entire week. The NFL season, man, is starting to get really close. Hall of Fame games are going on. And when we talk next Sunday, we will be less than a week away from a Cowboys football game. It's going to be a preseason game, sure. But it's going to be a Cowboys football game. And you got to love that. Ladies and gentlemen, hit that like button for me. Hit the thumbs up. And I will see you on Sunday. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Stephen White, John, everyone out there. Thank you so much. And I will see you on Sunday. Muchísimas gracias. Nos vemos el domingo. Adiós.